I think you've already guessed it, but yes, I am still pregnant. And today's episode of the podcast is what I really hope the very final pregnancy update of this journey. I am getting close to 42 weeks now and really, really feeling like this week is the week our little son is going to make his appearance. So I give you a deep spiritual, emotional update of what these final, final moments of pregnancy are like. And uh, I just want to thank you for being here with me for this journey. It's long. If it feels long for you, yeah, guess how it feels for me. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Let's dive in. Okay, everyone. I am back. We are back. Hello. Welcome to a brand new episode of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. And you guessed it. No baby yet. <laughs> I have to lead with that. There's no reason for me to, to lead you on and give you several moments of this show before I let you know right away. I am not sitting here nursing a newborn. I am sitting here holding my increasingly ginormous and absolutely heavy as hell <laughs> baby that is still still lingering and hanging out inside of my womb. I'm recording this on a Thursday. This podcast is out on Friday, so that's tomorrow. I wanted to give you an update as close to real time as possible. Of course, there is a chance I go into labor tonight, but I don't think so. <laughs> I just really don't. I really don't think so. I really had it in my mind the whole time that I will go as far in this pregnancy as I did with Leia, which was over 42 weeks. So I think up until I get to that point, I'm not going to feel very restless. I'm not going to feel, at least I don't think so, because I'm feeling really calm and, and chill <laughs> right now. Probably when slash if... 
I start to go longer than I carried Leia then. Or, you know, if something shifts in terms of how I feel physically or so, I might start to get a little bit, a little bit anxious and kind of antsy to, you know, want to hurry him along a little bit, which I still won't. But so far, so far, I mean, I'm getting close to 42 weeks now and everything's really relaxed, (laughs) which is so, uh, yeah, wonderful, (laughs) wonderful to say. I laugh as I say that because I, um, yeah, people keep, people keep calling me and asking me if I'm, you know, am I freaking out? Am I like, you know, so I must be so uncomfortable and hot. This must be so hard for you. And yes, I have those moments for sure. But overall, it's not. Overall, it's, it's just the end of, of pregnancy. And I kind of have really figured out just I've really been able to accept and even anticipate the fact that I feel really, really good super energized, excited, happy, wonderful. And then the next day I am low on energy and I feel more uncomfortable and I'm just like, oh, or something aches or something hurts. And then the next day I feel amazing, you know? And then the day after that, I'm like, oh, okay, I had a bad night's sleep. And it really is almost day by day, just up and down and anticipating that and knowing that makes it so much easier. (laughs) I actually had a, I had a hard day yesterday. Yeah, just bad night's sleep, woke up really uncomfortable, got up really early and thought, okay, well, I think I was up at 4.30 or something because I couldn't fall back asleep. I'm like, okay, I might as well enjoy this beautiful morning because I know it's going to be beautiful outside. We're in this state right now in Sweden where for weeks and weeks and weeks, it's just been, it's like 80 degrees, blue skies, complete absolute wonderful sunshine all day, every day. <laughs> it's really, uh, it's kind of strange weather for Sweden. It's even getting to a point where, you know, it's 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 concerningly dry. Normally we get a lot more rain than we have lately. And there are fire bans everywhere. And there was even a, a little forest fire in my dad's forest. My dad owns a piece of, big piece of land not too far away from here with beautiful forests where we pick mushrooms, you know, in the falls. And yeah, just, it's just, it's just a beautiful space. And there was a huge fire there. They had to bring 50 firemen over and two helicopters bringing over water from the lake. And it was really scary for a moment, not just because it's close to us, but just, just, just the forest fire overall, that's not under control or, and not intentional, you know, is, um, yeah, everybody knows scary. But they got it under control. But it's so dry, um, which is really, yeah, not normal for Sweden. Um, But I know, you know, every day is a beautiful day. Every day is a wonderful day to be outside. Every day is like peak summer. It's so, so great. So 4.30 in the morning, I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this morning and set up my tea space and just like talk to the baby and meditate. But I wasn't feeling it. I was just so uncomfortable, just discomfort. And I set up my whole tea space and I sit down. And the moment I sit down, I realize the mosquitoes are just killing me. And we haven't had any really mosquitoes here so far. And it's just, I don't know if I caught them in the like window of time that they hang out right by our house or if it was a fluke. I, I really don't know. 
I was just surrounded by mosquitoes, couldn't get comfortable. And then the sun came out from behind the clouds, which yes, the sun does at five. I mean, the sun rises here now at, let me, let me, let, let me tell you exactly because <laughs> people always get a little bit blown away by when the sun exactly rises and sets um, close to summer solstice in Sweden. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Okay, so right now, today, the sun officially rose at 3.28 a.m., and it sets at 10, 10 p.m. <laughs> so literally like sunrise is at three and sunset is at 10 p.m. We have really long, really long summer days. We don't. And when it gets dark, you know, like after it does like 10 o'clock is not dark. Midnight to two is as dark as it will kind of get, but it's still not dark. Like I can still see all the way down to the lake. The sun doesn't dip very low here at night. So yeah, so when I was sitting there annoyed by my, my mosquitoes trying to enjoy my tea, the sun came out from behind the clouds and I was just in the worst place and it just hit me in the face and I start sweating and I'm just, oh, and that kind of feeling for no reason <laughs> other than being highly, highly, highly pregnant, uh, it just lingered with me the whole day. I was just uncomfortable, just really uncomfortable and then no energy and uh, yeah, and then I let myself have that kind of day where I, it's like the first day I've had, really, I haven't had almost any of these days throughout this pregnancy where I just want to stay indoors and like watch shows. I, I like to watch the great British Bake Off. <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows. And I didn't see the last season, which is past, like it's, I think it's from last year. And uh, I just watched like five episodes of The Great British Bake Off <laughs> and laid in the bath and ate ice cream and just did nothing, you know, and gave myself complete permission to do that, knowing that tomorrow I'll feel different. And then I wake up today and I had a great night's sleep. Don't feel uncomfortable at all. Nothing's annoying me. 
Um, everything feels wonderful. There's no mosquitoes. <laughs> the sun is in a perfect spot. You know, everything's just different. And I think that's just how it's going to go. You know, it is a, it is a really particular time, like this time, knowing that technically, of course, at any moment, everything might change and I might go into labor at any moment, like sitting here talking to you right now, I might get that first real surge, like that first sensation, that first contraction. I don't love the word contraction. I try to not use the word contractions so much because it has such a negative tone. Yeah, the word surge or sensation or wave or whatever you want to call it. But that could happen mid-podcast right now, <laughs> you know, that first real sign of, okay. And that could still mean that it's going to be days and days, right? Like I have no idea. It could mean that it's on and it will be on right away and maybe we'll come really quickly and, you know, I might sit here like nursing a newborn tomorrow. Like who who knows? And this whole thing of anything can happen at any moment, everything can change at any moment. I might have a baby <laughs> at any moment, while at the same time feeling like nothing is happening. I have no signs of anything, really. I mean, really, I, of course, there's stuff happening in my body, but like I have little aches and kind of, um, you know, period pain-like sensations that I've had for weeks and that they're barely anything. Like they're not, they're like barely noticeable. I haven't had anything that resembles like a sign of, oh, labor is imminent, you know. And there are so many things that could be signs of that. Um, and of course, I'm thinking about all of them all the time. <laughs> so like some women get like really nauseous right before labor starts. Some women, some people throw up right before, right at the beginning of labor, uh, at some point, you lose your mucus plug, that bloody show. That's such a such a weird. That's such a weird thing. Before I was pregnant for the first time, I had never heard the word mucus plug. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is that? Why did you know? No, no one told me about that. Um, if you don't know, if you haven't been pregnant, or you're not in this like state. <laughs> which I realize most of you guys listening are not in this place. Of course, most of you, and you're still hanging in there with me, listening to my endless updates. I hope that this is the last update, okay? Next week, I mean, I really hope, next week, one week from now, I'm almost 43 weeks if I'm still pregnant. So I really do hope that this is my final, my final pregnancy update. But maybe I'll be here for many weeks ahead. Like, I don't know. I also feel like I might just stay pregnant forever. Yeah. I, that genuinely feels like a possibility. Like I've just completely surrendered that to the fact that this is just my state. Oh, <laughs> I've forgotten what it's like to have a regular body. Like, I, I don't know what it's like to be able to bend over or like scratch the back of my thigh <laughs> <laughs> to like tie my shoes, to turn over in bed, just to like turn around, go from one side to the other and not have that be like a 15 minute ordeal. <laughs> I don't remember what that's like at all. I have just, I could be pregnant forever. That's fine. But I do hope that this is my last, my last pregnancy update for you. Okay. I just, I kind of want us all to move on to the, <laughs> to the next chapter now. <laughs> But um, yeah, the mucus plug, I was saying, it's this 
it is what it sounds like. It's a little plug of mucus <laughs> that forms right at the opening of the cervix to protect the uterus and the baby from infection and bacteria and stuff. Like it's very smart. The body is so intelligent and, uh, you know, it doesn't happen like that for everyone, but uh, it's, it's a, like a sign that labor is is or could be close if when that plug releases, which it has not done for me, <laughs> giving you so much information right now. But yeah, that could be something. What are other signs? Yeah. So some people say like right before labor, they get this crazy surge of energy and all of a sudden just like go into massive crazy nesting mode to like finish something or fix something or do all the laundry in the whole house or, you know. And I kind of have that at some point every other day. <laughs> like I, I have, like today I had that surge of energy. I also did the day before yesterday and the day before that. So that doesn't really tell me anything. Like today I have, I we have this garden shed right by the entrance of our land where the previous owners of this land, they left every structure of the whole place. There's 10 buildings here. Yeah, let me, let me tell you a little bit about segue into the farm for a moment. We have 10 structures on the land. Let me see if I can count them and not not miss anything. So we have our house, which is our farmhouse, just built in 1909. And then next to our house, we have, uh, it's called in, in Swedish, a frigibod, which is basically like a tiny little guest house, just very tiny guest house, no bathroom or anything like that. Water is just like a guest, mini guest house that I've been using for garden stuff all season. So it looks like absolute crap in there right now and then we have a a, gar a a real garden shed like a big one but it's a little bit further away from the garden and then we have two big barns one bigger than the other one is like where back in the day they would store you know things for harvest like you know the bigger pieces of equipment and, and things that were needed for that and another one is more like a storage barn where like they would store hay on, on the top and stuff and then there is what Leia calls the ghost house or the haunted house very affectionately because she loves that house she wants to go in there every day which is this old cabin like old building from the 1700s like a living building which it's so beautiful it's really wild it's it's so beautiful but someone either passed away or moved out of there in the 70s and no one ever went back inside. <laughs> I think that's at least what it looks like inside. It's just filled with life, someone else's life from long, long ago. Then we have the stables, which is what it sounds like, a stable for horses. And then, yeah, next to the old house from the 1700s is also an outhouse, which counts as a as a star. I mean, it is its own structure on the land. And then we have our little lake house on the lake. And next to the lake house is a sauna. <laughs> so we have 10 buildings here, which is so wild to think about. And um, every single one of those buildings was left a ginormous mess full of stuff. It was kind of like, yeah, the people who lived here before, they just cleaned out. The, they just moved out of the main house. And then they were like, nah. Like, this is too tiring. And they just left everything, you know, everything that wasn't of value, I guess. And that means that all of these barns, all of these structures, like we haven't been able to just move in, you know, like the garden house, the garden shed, for instance, 
if that was empty and cleaned out, I would have been able to put up shelves and like before the garden season started, you know, put in my own garden stuff and all of our equipment and hoses and pots and tools and everything that we have for the garden. But because that place was just, it was overflowing with junk, (laughs) just overflowing. And I didn't have the time, you know, or the ability. So I haven't been able to use it at all. And it's on my mind constantly that we have this like perfect garden shed, but instead all of our garden tools are littered everywhere or they're in this little guest house, which is just making a mess. And it's just, everything is unorganized and all over the place. And I keep losing tools, of course. Like I go into the garden to do something and I'm like missing this thing. Like nothing has a home, you know. Um, And today I just, I cleaned out the whole thing. (laughs) I, uh, I cleaned out the whole thing. There were four bicycles in there that Dennis thinks he can save. Like he's a really good bike mechanic. So there's rusted, very old bikes, but he wants to restore them, which I think he can do, which is really fun. And I think I found, I want to count because it's kind of fun. And this I'm really appreciative of. I'm excited. There's like a hundred pots in there, like porcelain, nice, like, you know, not nice. Like I would go buy them today, but yeah, fully functional, different colors. Like, like you know, there's at least a hundred porcelain or ceramic um, pots in there. There is like five, I found five or four hoses a lot of tools, you know, like old axes and even the thing, what is it called in English? Is it called a scythe? Am I pronouncing that right? You know, the Grim Reaper, the, the death man, when he comes to take someone away, he holds this tool that you use for, for hay and for grass. I just know the word in Swedish. I don't know the word in English two of those. And that's kind of cool. Like that's a a cool tool to have, a tool cool to have. And um, yeah, we just cleaned everything out, swept it out and then put some things back. And I'm I'm now trying to just organize everything. So I know where everything lives and all the tools at least are in one place. And, and um, yeah, it feels like that's the amount of energy I had today that I was able to, to actively do that and water the whole garden, which takes... (laughs) I can either put out like a sprinkler, which I don't love to do because I don't love to water the, I don't love to water the top of my strawberries and flowers and leaves and stuff. Like, you know, the most plants do better if they have the soil watered and not the entire plant, but the garden is so big and it takes, and it's so dry. I need to, I mean, I really, really, if I can't miss half a day of watering, it's so fucking dry outside. So I put the sprinkler on and then I change it in different locations. And then I still have to walk around with the hose. It takes me an hour just to walk around with the hose. And then every hour I change the location of the sprinkler four times. <laughs> no, I mean, I change it four times. I leave it for an hour and then I move it and then another hour and then I move it. I mean, it's like a whole process, of course. We wanted to get an irrigation system put in, but then budget, like it just we couldn't make it happen this season, which is okay. Like we're managing with this. But for me to just commit to like, I have enough energy to water the whole garden and like pull some weeds and sit squatting down by the soil and carry heavy shit out of this garden shed and organize things. And yeah, I feel like that's a lot for close to 42 weeks pregnant. And then I know that tomorrow probably I'll have a really chill, low day. 
But I don't think that this surge of energy has anything to do with labor being imminent. I, I just, I just don't have that feeling. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Other signs. What are other signs? Yeah, some people get like crazy backache right before labor starts. Obviously, you're water breaking, which is how they do it in the movies. It's always like, I've never... I don't think I know anyone who had that happen in real. I know it happens. Of course it does sometimes, but it's kind of rare, I think, to like you're in a public place and all of a sudden just the water's just release and it's like gushing <laughs> waterfall between your legs and then ah, and then so dramatic and now labor's on. Holy shit. And then boom, it just goes. I don't think I know anyone who had labor start that way. Um, but that's always what it's like in the movies, right? It's always like very public and very fast. And then that's the first sign of labor. And then, you know, water breaks and run to the hospital. And yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that's really common, but it could happen, right? It could happen. You could also have just like that your amniotic fluid leaks a little bit over time. And, and of course, all of these things could happen and it could still be a really long time until you're in anything that resembles active labor. And of course, you could have none of these things, not a single sign. You could be sitting in your bedroom with your with dirt underneath your nails and <laughs> and really messy hair <laughs> and then recording your podcast and then all of a sudden, boom, you just it happens. <laughs> Is that wishful thinking? How fun, how fun would it be? I mean, I feel like that would be, can we manifest that for the next like half hour, half hour or so for me to like go into labor while talking to you while recording? That would be awesome. That would be so awesome. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Sorry, but that would be so awesome. But yeah, so it is a really, yeah, of course, it is a really strange time to, to be in knowing that, that feeling that nothing's happening. I, I'm going to be pregnant for many more months. That's the feeling. Everything's fine. I've just accepted the state of my being at this moment. And at the same time, knowing any second, it can change. And eventually, of course, any second, it will change. Like I'm not going to be pregnant forever. No one is. <laughs> no one, no one can be. And in a way, in a way, it kind of it's, it's a really beautiful time. No, not in a way, in a major way, it's a really beautiful time. Because it kind of really means that I'm, I'm much more present just in the regular little moments throughout the day, which I think pregnancy does at all stages. We have these heightened senses and we're much more in tune with our bodies. And some of us even become kind of hyper aware of everything that's happening in the body. And we're really feeling and sensing and checking and and I have that of course in my physical body anytime something changes or he does this thing now where just when he 
he moves constantly all the time. Like he's so active. I really have a feeling like he's just doing amazing. Like he's just so content <laughs> there. But when he will just stretch out really intensely and I get these shooting pains, like I think he's just pressing on my cervix. And then for a moment, I'm like, oh, was that, was that a surge? Like, was that a contraction? But it's not. <laughs> but several times, like I might stop and be like, ooh, 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 you know, is that something? Come on. Yes. <laughs> but it's not. So it just means that as I move throughout my day here and I, and I just move about my very slow, extremely quiet, very boring, I must say. I mean, I'm not bored. Like I'm having a beautiful time, but there's nothing <laughs> of excitement, you know, happening around me. It's just I'm home basically alone all day in nature. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm on summer. I'm on summer vacation. Just I'm carrying like an 11 pound <laughs> bowling ball <laughs> between my legs. But yeah, so in all of those like mundane things where I, I cook something and I chop some fruits. I'm eating so much fruit. It's kind of bizarre. I make my 17th cup of tea for the day. I go down to the lake for another dip. You know, I take a nap. Have I told you that? I'm that I'm napping. This is a huge thing for me. I have napped several times, real naps. The day before yesterday, I took a two-hour nap. <laughs> two-hour nap down by the lake. I just I went for a dip and then I went to sit and read my book, but I don't have a really good, comfortable chair down there by the dock. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna lie down in, in, in the bed inside our little little lake house. And uh, two hours later, I woke up like, where am I? <laughs> what is going on? This might not sound like anything, but if you if you know me or you listen to this show, you know, I, I cannot nap. I've never napped in my entire life. Napping to me is an enigma. I don't understand how people can just lie down and go to bed in the middle of the day. Like I just, it does not work. And I have had several naps over the past week, two weeks, maybe. And after each one, I have to, I text all my friends <laughs> and I kind of, I think I feel after having successfully napped, I feel how normal people feel when they run like a 10K <laughs> or they complete like a half marathon or they do some great physical feat, you know, that's how I feel when I successfully nap. It's like I nailed it. Like I really accomplished something. But yeah, so I do that and I just kind of like I'm in the garden and I'm just, yeah, just... <laughs> just out in nature, having a really slow, wonderful, beautiful, boringly amazing, magical time. And all throughout those little mundane, beautiful moments, I am just very, very, very present in a way that I think I strive to be present in my regular day-to-day, -day, but where I'm not, you know. Um, in my regular life, not pregnant, it takes much more of an effort to really ground into the moment, to really shift awareness away from thoughts and problems or lack or issues or logistical things or things to get done. You know, I'm all, like, like most of us, I'm in my head a lot. And then I have those dedicated practices and moments where I get to really drop into the body. But all throughout the day, you know, what being pregnant really is being in a state of heightened presence and heightened consciousness. And I think in a way, of course, it's also, it's also physical that so much is happening and being in this like last moments of pregnancy, knowing that any moment you're going to embark on this crazy 
psychedelic journey of birth. And you don't know if it's going to be <laughs> if it's going to be the hardest most like you know like dark night of the soul gut-wrenching feel like you're going to die kind of you know walking through fire thing or if it's going to be a gentle soft walking through fire thing so either way you're walking through fire right but you don't know the state or the level or the intensity of that so of course that plays a role in just how present you are knowing that at any moment something can change but I also really think that it's the little spirit that we're carrying in our wombs, you know. It's so beautiful when you really think about that, that this little, there's a little spirit present here that is so pure, completely, completely pure, that is pure essence, that is pure, unconditional love, light, that chose me and that chose this life and that chose this timing and that you know, like made their way all the way here. <laughs> I really believe it's so fated and des destined and and purposeful and meant to be. And I think having that little being's consciousness as a part of your consciousness makes everything different, right? It anchors you in a different way. You get to kind of meld those worlds in a way that that you only can in pregnancy when you're one. You know, in a lot of cultures, they don't differentiate as much between mother and baby, but you become an entity. And even midwives and in kind of maternity care in a lot of cultures, they call, there's a, a saying or words that resemble or mean something along the lines of mother baby. So instead of here's the mother, here's the baby, how is the mother doing? Okay. And how is the baby doing? You're one being, you're one entity for as long as you're pregnant, you're mother baby. And how the mother feels, of course, impacts how the baby feels, how the baby feels impacts how the mother feels. And you don't draw that line of separation between, which I think is a really more accurate um, way of looking at, at mother and baby at, at this stage. I feel that way. I mean, of course, I don't feel like this little guy is, is separate from me. <laughs> He's so clearly not. And I'm really convinced that my physical and emotional and mental and spiritual state really is enmeshed and, and connected with his and vice versa, of course. So I think that's also why the, you know, we can, we can feel these different qualities of whoever is in there in our, in our, in our womb. And I feel this guy, <laughs> this little boy, I just sense him. I, it's it's hard to put into words. With Leia, I could feel some like sassiness. <laughs> I could feel some spunk. I could feel like this feisty, not just feisty, but I could feel this like big, big, vast, like dynamic inside. I just knew like this is going to be an extroverted per like kid. I could also sense this like deep connection with nature and oneness and you know she has this like inner and outer quality that is just so special and so unique and so funny like she's just such a funny unique little human and this little boy like I feel him much more much more calm I mean Leia's also calm it's hard to explain it's not like she's a crazy wild highly energetic you know but she's very out there like she's 
talking constantly all the time. I mean, she never, <laughs> she's never quiet. She's never quiet ever. And talking to people and seeking people all the time. Like she's so social. She's a little social butterfly and a storyteller. And, you know, she's just, she's out there in her spirit. And with this little guy, I'm sensing a much more inward drawn energy, like a more grounded energy in a, in a quieter way somehow. And I don't know what that means. If that means he's going to be like more verbally quiet, or if it means that he's just going to be a little more shy perhaps, or just, I, I, I don't know what it means yet. I can't like really put it into words. I'm just getting a, yeah, a more solid, quiet vibe. <laughs> of course, I don't know if that's true, but I do think that this, the quality and the spirit and the personality of whoever is in there is going to affect how we feel and how we experience life as we move through pregnancy and especially the last kind of latter, latter parts. And, um, it is, it is really a blessing to be able to be here at the very, very end and, and feel a sense of just complete safety. I don't know. It sh I feel like that shouldn't be a, a rare privilege, blessing thing. But, and I also know that it's really triggering for people when I talk about that. I don't know. The idea of a, of a wild pregnancy, it's, it's really, I, I posted about it a couple of days ago. I, I, I did a little check-in on Instagram, just still pregnant and here's how I'm feeling kind of thing. And I, I chose to just keep comments there's a function on Instagram where you can have um, that you only accept comments from people you follow you know from people that you know kind of or no wish and I chose to use that function just because I know whenever I talk about the fact that I am <laughs> this pregnant and I'm not getting checkups and I'm not getting ultrasounds and I'm not no one's measuring this belly and no one's telling me when to get induced and you know like I'm out of that whole drama, I guess, or I'm out of that whole system. It's really triggering for a lot of people for a lot of a variety of, of, of reasons. And I'm wondering also if it's just the idea of it is so strange for so many. Like, I mean, for me, if someone would have told me that in my first pregnancy, I didn't know that was an option. You know, I feel like that wasn't presented to me at all. It wasn't in my consciousness at all. And Knowing that now, I really feel like I was robbed, I mean, of, of, of my peace, especially in the last month of pregnancy. It was, it was the opposite of peaceful. And it's the time of, of our lives where probably, I mean, probably there's no other time in our whole entire lives where we are in a bigger need of peace, where we need a sense of stability and safety more. I mean, and it's so true. Like if we feel unsafe, our whole ability to to birth our whole like body's physiology, that ability to, to start off the process of the hormones that release in the body that allow for birth to unfold in the most optimal way. Like none of that functions well. If we feel panicked, if we feel pressure, if we feel stressed, if we feel unsafe, if we, you know, the further away we are from that innermost calm sense of of trust and, and, and safety, the harder it's going to be for, for the body to, to do what the body needs to do. 
And it's such a contrast because, of course, we're told our whole entire lives that birth is completely unsafe, that is, it's full of risk, that it's, you know, basically told that if if we don't have the maximum amount of medical help and support and input and testing and checkups and monitoring all throughout, that at any moment, it's just going to fail, you know, that it's innately, innately doesn't work. And that's a lot of, it's a lot of conditioning to get rid of. It's a lot of, it's a lot of conditioning to fight, you know? And of course, like there's this sense of like, but what if that's, what if that's correct? If there's even a chance that that's correct, if there's even a, the slightest risk that, that that is the only truth, right? Then of course we are going to subject ourselves to everything that the system says we need, because what, what could possibly be more logical than that, right? Of course. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And now just knowing different... Now seeing different and feeling different and having spent this whole pregnancy just learning about how physiological birth actually works. I do feel like um, I wish things had been different for me the first time around. I look back at when I was almost 42 weeks with Leia and the sheer terror I felt. (laughs) And it's so for no reason, right? And that's not to say that, like, of course, there are high-risk pregnancies too. And even if we blow that number up to, like, real risk, right, where, like, actually real, actual real risk, where something's not right, where the mother carrying the baby is ill or sick or has a real reason why they can't birth physiologically, right, where there's, like, a real, you know, that's what the health medical system is for, And even if you blow that number up, say it's 5% of women, which it's not, it's way, 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 way less than that, but say it is, we're still treating 100% of women as if that might happen to them, right? As if that's the case for them. And I wish there was a way to better and in a healthier and more grounded way distinguish a a regular, normally unfolding pregnancy from a high-risk pregnancy. So that the 95% of women who don't need those interventions and who don't need to be told that there's something wrong or that it's not safe could get words of support and could get support in pregnancy that is more aligned with a natural physiological way of birthing that baby. But that's not the case, right? So for the sake of that 5% or 1% or whatever it is, we treat 100% of pregnant people as if, you know, this is not going to work out for you. This is a very, very, you know, impossible thing to do. And then, of course, for every intervention that we get exposed to, the risk of another one is even higher. And Dennis asked me today, he was like, what, what, what fear do you sit with now? Like, what fear? And I'm like, my fear, like right now, because, of course, I cycle through my own as we get close to 42. 
I'm like, I, I like, what if I go to 43? I know what it's like to go to 42 plus two or whatever I went with, with Leia. So I think I feel very safe in that window. And even though I have complete trust in this body and I know the absolute lie that it is, there's actually a really, there's a new study out from last year or two years ago that shows that from 42 weeks onward, it's safer. There's actual studies that show that it's safer and the risk of something going wrong, like quote unquote wrong, is lower after 42 weeks if you don't get induced and you don't get a C-section, right? If you just let things unfold. And the the studies that that the whole system has shaped around a very ancient and outdated and faulty idea that our bodies expire at 40 weeks is false. And um, and I told Dennis, I'm like, I just like, what if I go to 43, which I know a bunch of women who did, and there's a window there where I get fearful, where I have a big conditioning of something, you know, that I haven't been able to rid myself of, or what if something changes, like I have a major physical change in my body, or yeah, something, like I have something that feels like it's going to lead me to wanting to seek uh, advice, for example. If I go in, my big fear is if I were to go in to get advice from a midwife or from someone at 42, 43 weeks, that I would be so immediately coerced, you know, that they, there's no way I would find (laughs) any kind of medical provider at that stage that would not try to influence or coerce or threaten me into into get being drugged at that point into having a medical induction like there's no those people don't exist <laughs> at least at least not in the medical system right so I'm like my fear is actually that I will get fearful for some reason that I'll have like a new fear planted and that I will go outside of myself for no good reason right I don't feel a fear that something would be legitimately wrong and that I wouldn't be able to trust and know that and then seek the help that I would need. That's not my fear. My fear is that I would unnecessarily, you know, based on some conditioning, seek out help and then and then have a really hard time remaining in my own body and trusting in my own body. <laughs> I don't know if this makes sense the way I'm telling it, but but it's really kind of beautiful how everything has unfolded in this perfectly healthy, wonderful pregnancy with this really healthy, vibrant baby in my womb. And I haven't had to have anyone tell me about anything terrible. (laughs) And that means I can sit here at this stage of pregnancy, just continuing to take care of myself and continuing to feel grounded and continuing to trust and really, really arrive at that deep sense of trust in my own body and in this process. And I wouldn't be able to be there if I was in the system in any way. I know that. I totally know that and trust that. And uh, and it feels like such a blessing to be able to to truly enjoy this time. I don't know. And I know some people like don't mind the shuffling back and forth and you know, feel like being induced is like a good thing and not at all a, a bad thing. And I'm just not in that place at all. I just really genuinely believe in the possibility of spiritual transformation through birth and meeting our babies present, right? Like as present as we possibly can be on purpose, 
in a in a safe place at home as in something that resembles you know as much of regular normal life as possible with no strangers and no prodding and poking and no no one pathologizing looking for what's wrong because if someone were to you know look at any of us with that lens of something's wrong with you i'm going to find out what it is they will find stuff you know they'll find like slightly elevated blood pressure because you're nervous to be at the doctors and you're 41 weeks pregnant or whatever. And that's the reason for something else and for something else. And then that takes you there. And that, you know, it's like every little thing when you're looking for something to not work, the system will, will find it, even if it's completely necessary. Oftentimes when it is completely necessary, unnecessary. And now instead, it's just a very different <laughs> experience right now. And I am... Um, I'm grateful for that. And if I trigger you sharing this, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's not my responsibility, right? Our triggers are our own responsibility. So if hearing someone share their experience of pregnancy or labor or whatever is triggering, that's because of you, right? That trigger lives inside of you. And... I get, I mean, of course I understand that anyone who works in the medical industry just hates listening to me right now because all they've seen their whole entire lives and their whole entire careers is evidence of things not working, right? Is evidence of what happens in medical settings. And it's very different uh, when you speak to people who have experience of birthing outside of the system, when story after story, literally story after story of every single person I talk to who've birthed on purpose outside of the system and who's had a wild pregnancy where every single thing I hear is positive and calm and trusting and at peace. And it's like, if that's where you reside and you actually get to hear and understand that, of course, you're going to be here with a completely different lens and a completely different sense of trust. But if your whole experience is in the medical setting, you know, where, which is where things tend to go terribly wrong, then yeah, you're going to be sitting here listening to me like, holy shit, Rachel is insane. <laughs> right? And I'm okay with that. Like, I know that I know that I'm, I'm outside of what people's realm of acceptable or normal is. And, and it's a really beautiful place to hang out. I just, I gotta say, I gotta say. So yeah, let's, um, let's see. I wanted to share some dates. Okay. So Leia told me yesterday when she woke up, she was like, the baby's going to be here in three days. I was like, okay, three days. That's, hmm, that's, <laughs> that's very cool. So three days is on Saturday. Yeah. That's when Leia said baby would come. And I'm like, that's cool. Like three days sounds great. New moon is on Sunday, new moon in Gemini. And I kind of had a feeling from the very beginning of this pregnancy, like Leia is a full moon baby. And I'm like, maybe this little guy will be a new moon baby. Um, so I've had that little inkling for like a while. New moon is on Sunday. And then Wednesday, which is just three days after that, is summer solstice and the beginning of cancer season. <laughs> so <laughs> Dennis was saying today, because we've had so many jokes about Geminis. Okay, I, like some of my favorite humans in this world are Geminis. My sister's a Gemini. Uh, our best friend's son is a Gemini. He's amazing. Like there's so, there's nothing inherently wrong with any astrological sign. Okay, I just 
have to say. I feel like Geminis and Scorpios get so much shit <laughs> handed to them because of because of the, you know, inherent whatever traits. Every sign has a light and a shadow side. That's just what it is. You can have um yeah, you can have any sign be a completely difficult human being. <laughs> Okay, with any constellation and any aspect in their chart, you can have a person be totally wonderful and easygoing or super complicated and difficult. Like that, you know, it's there's so much more that plays in than just your sun sign. Okay. Your sun sign is like a very ugh, it's it's so basic. Okay. It's just a such a small part of, of your chart and such a small part of, of astrology too. But but <laughs> no, however, just the feeling of a Gemini baby. I don't know. I never, fe- he never felt like a Gemini to me. Like Geminis are just, I, I, I don't know. And, and, and we've been laughing about it. Like Dennis has had some, some quite complicated relationships with Geminis in his past. And also he's been really looking forward to like a very, having a boy that maybe is going to be like kind of quiet, like him. Cause Leia and I won't shut up. And he's like always <laughs> He's always just listening to us blabber all day. And a Gemini generally is very highly, highly talkative and, you know, like very much in their mind, very social, can be kind of like, you know, I don't want to use any negative words here, but you guys know, you know, Gemini, Geminis can be a lot. Okay. They can just be a lot especially maybe if you are like a cancer moon like Dennis and <laughs> kind of introverted <laughs> like like he has just found himself and dragged into really intense conversation or debate by Gemini's where he just sits there and they don't even know that he's not talking <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway so this morning Dennis is like dude it's six days till Gemini season like can you just like keep him in can you just like cross your legs and just like keep him in there (laughs) I'm like (laughs) like you're saying this like I have any control I have no control zero control I have absolute no say in when this baby's gonna make an entrance like he might become a cancer son instead of a Gemini son and that would kind of align a little bit more with the vibe and the energy I'm getting inside but there's also a gazillion other things that could unfold in his chart that would align with what I'm feeling so it doesn't really mean anything. But yeah, but that's kind of the estimates that we have. Like Leia thinks it's Saturday, which is if you're listening to this on a Friday, it's tomorrow. New moon is Sunday. New moon, new moon baby could totally be it. Cancer season, summer solstice, that's Wednesday. Like those feel like notable days for him to arrive. Either way, all of those dates are before next week's podcast. Okay. <laughs> so so if next week you have a pre-recorded podcast from me or a podcast from me announcing, yeah, like that I'm sitting here nursing now with a baby. Yeah, you'll know, okay, if the baby's here or not. And I'm kind of uh I'm kind of ready to to transition into this next chapter. I really am. I mean, I'm cool to stay pregnant also for a little while longer, but I'm so I'm so longing for the next phase. You know? nursing and newborn and like having him in my arms that feels so far away and it's so close and it's just it's just it's gonna happen so thanks for hanging out with me in the meanwhile and for being on this very (laughs) intense 
long, long journey with me. I love you. Thank you. Have a beautiful week and uh, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.